we're live. All right, we're going. All right, welcome back to World Strongest Opinions, episode 51 with Lucas Hatton, a current America's strongest man, coming off of a fresh win. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Yeah, how's it going, guys? It's been it's uh, awesome to have me. I haven't really had anybody ask me to come on anything, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. I'm, I've watched your video uh, asking for some help, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully we can do our part and get some attention for you. I mean, we're kind of a little show, but um, I know Lynn watches our shows at least. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully uh, Darren Sadler and and uh, Bryce or Colin Bryce may watch too one of these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shooting I think, for the uh, big time. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna name names, but I think I may have frustrated a few folks. <laughs> like, hey man, <laughs> stop having a thousand people tag me and stuff. Um, <laughs> but message received that i mean it was all positive like we've been watching you you're doing good um but yeah i just want to get the name out there and it, it works uh the support's been un unreal man um yeah it's just been cool it's been i mean a there's cool no such weeks. thing as bad publicity though so sure um i mean the more you get your name out there you may get you may annoy, annoy some people but they'll start talking about you and that's how yeah. you uh that's how you get your name out and that's how you get True. exposure yeah yeah, and it's it's um, you there's a a lot of these major platforms that share info on the sport. Like I don't know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Like understand how important their opinion becomes of like what the common fan believes. And it's like guys guys like me aren't on these commentators. Don't even ever mention a guy like me. Or there's there's five, ten, fifteen other Americans that never get mentioned. The public opinion is right. that the same ten Americans are just awesome. And there's nobody close, right. you know. Um, and so any any way to get the name out there is just super important. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm with you. Um, there's a lot. I mean, the 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 number of people, especially Americans, the number of people is growing who um, will do very well at the upper echelons of the sport. Probably, mm -hmm. definitely deserve invites. Um, but for whatever reason, we talk about it on the show all the time, uh, especially with like World's Strongest Man. And, you know, they, they always fill in when they have somebody back out or somebody can't make it. They pull in and I get it why they do it. Right. But they pull people from you know far out, far away countries that really don't add any real competition to the to the cream of the crop. So, so to speak, the guys sure. that we know are likely going to make it to the top ten. And, and it's always a wonder to me, and I know John too, that they overlook these like guys like you, um, yeah. or Marcus Crowder, or Ty Cotton. I mean, Ty Cotton finally got his, his big <laughs> chance at at uh, at, at Giants Live. Yeah. But but there's been all these other kind of missed opportunities, in my opinion, that you know they could be adding uh, real talent, real challenge sure. to you know the the status quo of strongman. Yeah. It's, it's such so strange. Like, I mean, like, especially like Ty Cotton's position, like how many years does that guy need to be an absolute murderer right. for like people to acknowledge that he exists? Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like, um, but I don't know. It's, it's in that case, the world's strongest man. I mean, I've, everybody's had this debate is like, how important are those, you know, fringe invites from the smaller nations that maybe have three real, maybe one real pro caliber guy. It's like I go back and forth on that debate all the time, and I, I don't blame them for what they've done. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, those 
fringe invites from like uh, a couple guys from Africa, those first guys that came. And now there's actual guys on the world stage from Africa and they probably grew up watching those first few invites. And it's like, it's hard to quantify how valuable those, sure. those were to like now that entire continent has a like a federation that governs strongman. They didn't even have it 20, 30 years ago. And like, I don't, I think it is worlds does still serve that important role to like plant those seeds. Right. Um, but it is frustrating to like miss out for those kinds of invites. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think, well, I think Lynn kind of made a very good point. Um, obviously, very experienced promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure he has some inside understanding. Uh, but he pointed out, too, that a lot of that is this building relationships with these nations where they potentially may host a competition in the future, right? And and they promote the nations when they are there. World Strongest Man does a great job of it. And OSCL does a great job of that, too. And and it turns around and, and you know, it turns into um, revenue, potential revenue streams for the organization yeah. as well. Right. It's a big win win for them to promote some of these far, you know, faraway nations that we don't really think of very often. Mm-hmm. And, and for the nation, it's that they that they bring these athletes from and potentially end up hosting a competition in that nation. Um you know, it ends up being a big win-win for, you know, promotion for that nation and potentially revenue stream for the organization. So I'm sure there's a lot of layers to the reasoning mm-hmm. why they, why they do that. But sure. yeah, as, a, as kind sure. of a, as a purist and, and, a, and a fan, you know, we always want to see, yeah. like, we want to see the strongest guys. We want to see the status quo get challenged, right? We want to mm-hmm. see, see the, the top guys get unseated, right? Cause there's always somebody stronger out there. I don't, I don't care how strong this world's strongest man is. There's some freak of nature in some far off corner living on a farm, right? That's totally corn fed and just naturally insanely strong. It's like insert anyone from like Eastern Bloc. Like we don't, we can't even understand like what those dudes are capable of. Right. Like there's some 12 year old Russian kid in a weightlifting like training hall just snatching your max. Like, right. (laughs) Because there are those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen like those random YouTube videos where you'll see just like some random guy just like in cargo shorts, 400 pounds doing like a set of muscle ups. And you're like, who is this guy? What's this okay. guy? Like, he enters like, into oh. normal sports. We're fucked. Like, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but it's someone who's just for some reason, though, it's like some random video that has no good SEO, just some random mm-hmm. title. And some guy like who's apparently training for the military for whatever country sure, it is. Like, sure. Oh. Like that's like, insane. How much, um, how much like world class, uh, how many like world class performances and really insane training is happening in these training halls where no one's filming, right? right. Like some of the best lifts ever, probably just nobody's ever going to know about it. Or like, uh, me and, uh, my coach Alec, we, we talk about like biggest overhead. Like it's a common one that we'll, we'll be, we'll BS about like, what's the biggest overhead out of the rack or off the blocks. And it's like, there's two or three guys that have done it off the blocks with like grainy video of doing like a 600 overhead, a 600 split jerk. It's like, I wonder like what's out there, what's been done, you know, yeah. like that stuff's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Lasha's basically right there to <laughs> yeah. for a clean and jerk. I, I, he just needs to get it done and over with. So, yeah. so yeah, he exists and, and he's really in the, uh, yeah. kind of in the public eye so but yeah. i know what you're saying i mean uh there's videos i i that pop up every once in a while 
like from like Uganda or something like that. These guys like they can't even they don't even they don't even really have much like equipment. They don't have a gym, so they train outside, right? In um mm-hmm. I mean conditions that most of us would never dream of, like mm-hmm. in the pouring rain and the mud. They do what they've got to do with what they've got. And I mean, some of these guys are putting up just insane, mm-hmm. insane numbers. Yeah. Um, I love it. We'll have a yeah. gym here and like, oh, we got the wrong kind of power bar. Can't do it today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, these guys are using some bent piece of pipe they found in a, like in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> right? Or you'll yeah. see them just doing it with sets of 35s, which throws the math off because you're right. like, there's seven plates there, but they're all yeah. 35s. And it's just right. like so whatever plates they get their hands on. A steel right. bar. But I've seen that before where it's just a sheet of plywood just in For the sure. street. Yeah, and it's man. like muddy and you're like cleaning, jerking steel plates that are not standard size. So it's from like a two inch deficit. <laughs> sure. Like, right. That's a wild thing to do with just like yeah. rusty plates. Cleaning and God. jerking in a hole somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so it's so impressive though, honestly, when you see stuff like that and and yeah. uh we're so spoiled in, in yeah, this country in the in the Western world, developed world in general. And yeah, there's yeah. all these people out there just just grinding. So I, I guess in some sense I, it is a bit of a first world problems complaint to be like Come on, man. I'm America's strongest man. Give me an invite where I'm in the like country with 20 murderers, the best equipment, a lot of the best coaches here, like tons of contests, lots of prize money. Like we like strongmen like to complain, but like there's a lot of opportunity. There is. Right. And to be fair, like an honest criticism is like I did that show and there's no clear defined invite from it. I just was hoping, you know, maybe I think it I think it should deserve an invite to major contests. It doesn't have a clear defined invite. I knew that going in, right? Like OSG does, the Shaw Open does, the Arnold sure. Amateur does. I knew that ahead of time. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, a couple people texted me or messaged me after I put that video. I was like, have you considered doing one of these qualifier shows? I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, like <laughs> I know. I was just hoping, you know. Right, like, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you considered um, just jumping into the SCL circuit? Have you reached out to them? I would, I would, uh, I would honestly love to. Um, and well, I, yeah, all you have to do is reach out to, um, Ilka or Marcel. I give you contact information, just sure. reach out to him and ask sure. because a lot of times. So that's the kind of cool thing about SEL SEL sort of like, I think perceived as like the, um, semi pros, right. Sure. To strongman. It's sort of that stepping stone to get your, to get the exposure um, I mean, that's what Taya Cotton did, right? Sure. I mean, he competed yeah. in SCL. I mean, Thor did, Eddie did. Um, there's so many guys that competed in World Strongest Man that became World Strongest Man mm-hmm. that have. Um, so it's a great point, place to start. And typically, they need competitors because, I mean, they're they're traveling all over the world. You'll have to probably get yourself there, but um, yeah. there's always yeah. openings in their in their circuit. And once you mm-hmm. get in, you'll keep getting invited back as yeah. long as you can get there. Um, so it's a great opportunity for exposure. Mm-hmm. No, and I'd, I'd love to. And I, I, I heard this through the grapevine. I don't know what's true. Like I've heard that they, uh, your first time out, it's, uh, you pay your own way. And then like the regular guys get some help with that stuff. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, any promoter that's doing any kind of help like that, it's like, typically with the, the circuit shows, I believe mostly you'll have to get yourself to the country, yeah. to the airport. And they'll pick you up and and I believe they used to pay for hotel and food yeah. or at least a few meals. 
Um, I think the yeah. their upper guys they give a bit more help to. Sure. But but I mean it's something, right? Yeah. No, and I dude, I would love to, man. That'd be a blast. Like yeah. And uh, there, and what it, was the coolest part about after that video is a bunch of people reached out and they're like, "I'll DM this person for you. I'll DM this person for you." And it's like, the, that's that's fucking cool, man. Like that's been great. Um, so yeah, I mean, SEL, it's on my radar. Like, there's a lot of like pending stuff for next year, so I'm kind of trying to piece the schedule together. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, I would love to do some SEL. Like dude, their shows are amazing. They they put yeah. on top notch, high quality equipment, yeah. high quality yeah. production. They're really, really great at giving athletes a platform to to grow from. Mm-hmm. That's one of the great things about them. And then there's Ultimate also. I think Ultimate still does open class. Seems like they've been really focused yeah, they, on they do, U, U105 and 90. But Well, um, no, I think their shows are just specific. I, I think any of their open stuff is just specific to the U.K., yeah, maybe. I, I'm not thinking. You, I, I think I'm not. You're right. There's no shows coming to mind recently with international guys. Yeah, I think you're right. You got to reach right. out to Glenn Ross for those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of options out there, right? And mm-hmm. and um and and yeah, it'd be awesome to get get that invite straight to the straight to the top, yeah, straight right? to the show. But it, you know, that, you got to do the work. Got to do yeah. some work, and 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 there's a lot of ways yeah. to get and, in. And, and to be and, fair, and, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's 10, 15 other guys that right at the same level I'm at from all over. Like, you know, just got to keep doing the work. It'll come. And yeah, I think absolutely. so. What was super cool about this year, because I noticed some people commented on, on um, Gabe Pena's thing. They were, he was like, they were like, mm-hmm. what's your next big show? And he was like, America's Strongest Man. And everyone, they were like, no, what's your real next big show? And it's like this year, the people who are doing America's Strongest Man, like most countries, the strongest man like Austria with Emmanuel Pascari, like it's a very prestigious thing that most people are yeah. super proud of. And for some yeah. reason it was weird to see like the common section warriors who they're like, no, like a mm-hmm. real heavy show. I'm like, no, these guys, like you have Rob Kearney there, you have you, like there are tons of guys domestically doing these things. And for some reason we yeah. don't seem to think of it in that same prestige level. Well, it so. used to be. That's the weird thing. Yeah, yeah it's when, really when strange. When Poundstone won Americas, he got an invite to Worlds. But that was before, I think, the old Giants live circuit that fed into Worlds Strongest Man. So sure. typically, in, in yeah, know, like, historically, I, America's uh, Strongest Man would get that invite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, and it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's I don't weird. know why that's changed. Back at, I think there's some, some politics or disagreements there between orgs and sure. – um, and I, I'm just not privy to any of it. I don't want to speculate, but like, it's so cool. Like I look back, uh, somebody shared with me the podium list of like America's strongest all the way back to the first year in 97. Dude, there are some murderers on that list. Like yeah. I could only find like four or five names that weren't multi-time world's invites. I mean, it, it's, it's like, oh, I hate to say that it's like kind of gone downhill. Um, but to me, like the, I think the title matters. Like it's just cool, right? Um, I, I hate that the you know maybe the politics between organizations. Some people don't think of it that way. Like I think it's cool. I think it's worth going back and doing it. Like I know there's a once you're on that like top circuit, it's you got to schedule around the other shows. But like it's at the end of the year, I think it's important. Right. I think I wish more of the quote unquote big guys would come out for it because I mean it's a big show. It took four fifteen right. on the axle to get four on that axle like that's crazy <laughs> you know what i mean like 
Dude, that yeah, split like, trick you did. Last time they did a Max Axel with Bibby when he broke the record. Thank you, man. Yeah, most of the I think most of the field got out at the 182 kilo jump. Like America's Strongest had a better axle performance, aside from obviously Bibby, than like <laughs> Giants doing a Max Axel. Like <laughs> so it's true. Because yeah. so watching you do that with a fixed axle, like doing the split jerk and everything, it was wild to just like watch it go up and the weight just stay static because you're so used to that, like oh, the rogue. To, at to least be the fair, though, it, it wasn't <laughs> fixed. It okay. wasn't fixed. It looked fixed. No, so in the there video, was, I was like, there was some, uh, yeah, it, it, it was strange. Like, but the bar definitely was, if you watch the bar, it's rotating. Okay. Um, so me and what had happened with that final attempt. So, uh, when they got to 440, they put that second set of tires on there, and all the change plates would go between the tires. Um, during mine, I, I cleaned fairly smooth, so I didn't notice, but those change plates were free-floating. So I think Rob <laughs> was saying he, he felt a little bit of slide to the side um, on his 440. He got it. And then um, the agreed jump was going to be 460 because the record is like 458. Um, they had an issue with weighing the weights and then it comes out, shit, it's 469 is what they had in there. Um, and then I, somebody in the, added a second set of clips in the middle, which definitely made the axle then fixed. As he's walking past me, he's like, yeah, dude, that axle's fixed now. And, uh, I got it. Just as high as the 440, and was like shit. I couldn't turn it, um, and I hadn't <laughs> ever practiced that fixed axle. Set it on the chest and adjust before, right. and it's just like you know, this is for half a point. Let's shut it down. Um, <laughs> but oh, damn, I wish it wasn't because I feel like I had that in me. But and I think Rob did too. Honestly, he was in great shape to do it. Um, but yeah, it got it got fixed on that last attempt. That so, makes sense. That's so weird the way axles do yeah. that. Um, yeah, mine every every once in a while will lock up and it just throws me off so dramatically. <laughs> like you're cleaning and everything's going normal and smooth, everything's turning, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. just locks up and falls right out of your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I guess like the the change plates were pushed so tight against the tire that the tire then couldn't turn. Um, but this is like such a fun like this event in particular in Strongman's hilarious because like guys like there somebody came up to me and was like well if you would have broke any kind of record it wouldn't count because it wasn't fixed and i was like when has strongman ever been um like 100 standardized and i'm pretty sure at giants like the first two plates are fixed and then the rest isn't fixed does it all have to be fixed to be you know i to be fair it is different when it's fixed it's much harder yeah but like uh this this weird semantics of like it won't count i mean that's a up for debate i guess it, but. it depends on the organization and the promoter. That's uh, that's you know we talk about that all the time on here too. <laughs> is like when when should you know when should there be standards and when is it okay to just be strongman? You know, and I think when it comes to mm -hmm. world records, at least I'm a big fan of. You know, I mean, there's no overarching umbrella organization, man. Mm -hmm. You know, dictating what the standards and rules are of strongman. So it's like it's impossible. At this point, I think to expect every organization to fall into the same um, kind of criteria. But I'm a big yeah. fan of like if a world record's been set on a fixed axle, the next one probably should be set on a fixed axle too because yeah. it's it's That's fair. it's harder, right? Sure, it definitely is. Yeah, 
It's kind of uh, same with that with little... an Alice Stone too. If you if you set a world record on a twenty two inch Alice Stone, well, you can't go do it on a twenty, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. it's even possible, <laughs> like that yeah. doesn't that's not fair. <laughs> well, it, it's strange how the this like little like one event will change the standard forever. Uh, like we had a Max uh, Stone at our show, the Rainier, and we were looking at uh, the potential of a women's Stone World record. Well. Uh, all the other women's records are traditionally over 44 inch, but right. because it was done at that, like that wuss event with Stoltman, uh, Donna's open record is over 48. So it's like, right. well, now the open record must be done over 48 to be standard again. And it's just like, there's so much history. You got to just understand to even just right. have a record attempt. Right. It's cool. I think it's cool, but it's just, yeah. there's so much to it. And I kind of feel like too, at the same time, there needs to be sort of a line drawn in the sand too. Is like, um, I don't know. It's so it's so hard, right, with Strongman because there's so many variables and factors that come into play. Like that's why we talk about standards on here all the time, is because where sure where do you start? Where do you end? Right? Mm-hmm. Should should a world record always be over 48 inches for an Atlas Stone? The stone diameter has to grow the heavier it gets, obviously, because you can't you can't kick six hundred pounds into into a twenty one or twenty two inch stone. I don't think uh, you definitely can't in a twenty one. Um, mm. So the so the diameter has to grow, but but yeah, I mean, if people start setting it over forty eight inches, you know, it becomes very subjective. Yeah. Well, you did. I did 500 over 48, but you did 500 over 50. But if I do 505 over 48, is yeah, that a like world record over that? 48? Yeah. But doesn't trump the 50? You know, it's like we need to like have some kind of standards and rules where like everybody agrees that this is what we're going to do world record for Atlas Stone. Sure. It's always going to be over 48 inches, yeah. right? Or, you know, the Let's axle say- always has to be fixed or yeah. the, the diameter of the log is always going to be 12. I mean, something. Well, Tom records. Tom made that one at least easy. He's just I'm just going to be 70 pounds ahead of everybody, and right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he's know? also but like he, he yeah. just ba- he barely even has to stand up to put it over. That man is that man's unbelievable. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right, like, doing that uh, was that last Giants. He did the last 440 stone one motion, and yeah. like I've seen a 440 one motion. Before. Did we lose you? Easy. I like, I don't know. There might not be a stone lifter like him ever again. Yeah, right. we missed we missed like twenty seconds of that real quick. So there's someone you said to like yeah, you've seen a four forty one motion. Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like I've I've seen I've seen people do like a four hundred plus one motion before, but it's like slow and they're near death. Like not a fast, smooth right. one motion at the end of a like a five stone series. Right. Get out of here. Like that's <laughs> that's crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, dude, him and his brother, though, I mean, that that's the key of a good training partner like that to just true, like have that consistent true. push and everything. Because so, so many people, unless you're Big Z who could train by himself underneath some bleachers with no music or anything yeah. and go really yeah. far, a lot of Legendary people that interview. Yeah, I was just yeah. talking about this with Andrew Clayton when I was down in Florida. Yeah. Um, it seems like all almost all, not all, but almost all like brother brother pairs the youngest is always the strongest right you got the saltman brothers sure. you, got yeah, the no, cotton, you got the cotton brothers um mm-hmm. who else i mean we went through like, like the rayums are list. twins so you can't really go that way who yeah the rayums 
but they're twins. Oh. So okay, the Gabe, Gabe and uh, oh, I'm breaking up a little bit. You got me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you. Yeah, it's like the they're, they're twins. I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the younger of two. I give my brother a hard time. Um, yeah, because <laughs> he was like strong for no reason and like 50 pounds bigger than me for my entire life. And now I mean, he just works construction now. He's not really doesn't really train, but we've been joking with him to do like a side quest because he's always coming to the Arnold with me anyways to just do the front hammer hold. Nice. <laughs> so the, he's, the he wants to maybe. Yeah, he wants to walk out there in his like Carhartts in a flannel with set his beer down and go do a front hold because I think it's like you get like thirty five seconds and you get to go out on the floor and do it. Like nice. So I think he's gonna try that. But yeah, he doesn't do any strongman, but I am the younger. Nice. Yeah, it just yeah. seems to be kind of the trend for it for does. the vast majority of brothers who both compete though. Mm-hmm. Um that the younger one is typically always the stronger, more successful athlete. <laughs> They get a built-in coach, basically. Yeah. The older <laughs> exactly. brother gets to make all the mistakes. And I mean, how many people are like, I did my first five years of training like an idiot? You know, okay. you get an older brother that's done it already. He got those idiot years out of the way for you. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way it's to like, look at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It, I mean, you've seen that now. Like, it's more so, I think it's more so in the powerlifting side, but there's a couple of strongmen like, this is the first generation where like strength athletes are skipping traditional sports and doing strength sports early, which I'm kind of conflicted right. about, but we're getting those super young freaks and that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I like it. I don't like the early specificity <laughs> as like, a, you know, somebody who did traditional sports first. Like I, I don't like, I'm going to just do SBD days from 15 to 30. Right. No, <laughs> like, it's kind of dumb, but. You know, I mean, we're gonna get some freaks that way. I, I I wasn't a freak, but I was definitely one of those people. And like in later in life, I started realizing like how much I missed from an athletic perspective um, mm-hmm. that would have helped me in strongman so so much. Sure. And now now like I'm in my 40s, and I've like re reevaluated and redirected my training, trying to be more athletic <laughs> while long after it's really helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've got a, a couple clients that are doing, um, they're, they're in their first two years of strongman. And I'm like, well, sh- I like, I'll assign like a, like a plyo, like some kind of jump or something. And they're like, I don't know how to jump. I'm like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> we gotta, okay, well, let's do some a skips and like, <laughs> I'm going to hit a jump rover. Like we got to learn. Yeah, forgot you didn't do real sports i i had to learn like you wouldn't think the jumping's that difficult but no I definitely in the last few years uh i had to learn how to jump like i didn't know how to do a broad jump um mm-hmm. i didn't do a lot of box jumping that's a little easier but like broad jumping and and whatnot was just not anything that i'd ever done and yeah it took like a lot of work to learn how to like jump properly and land properly yeah. and be actually be explosive and fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's key though. That, it is that explosiveness. What's Huge. his name? Tom Haviland doing now that he's not private anymore, you see his lifts popping up more. But his whole thing he does the seated box jumps to the top of a hay bale, hops over the hay bale and then comes back and just does those for like sets of eight with a weighted vest on. And you're just like, that's a crazy amount of explosiveness. I'm just like that. That guy is like the, the guy who does all the side quests before starting like story mode on a game. Like 
<laughs> he's just he's just trying to become the most impressive athlete ever before like you know i don't know what his end game it maybe i'm just not privy to it but like that dude's just training and like yeah that's, that's special, all he's doing he's just training like it's all he's doing just he's massive cool. he's massive and it's actually kind of an interesting question because to me there's no there's no real net positive in life to be that huge and strong no. right at all like the only reason to be huge and strong is if you're going to go and compete in strength sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just likes going out of breath to tie his shoes for fun. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> breaking a sweat. Yeah, just heavy breathing <laughs> for his entire life. And he still does the conditioning because he does those long zercher no, he's in, and stuff, he's in, like, which is crazy. He's in damn good shape. Everything that guy puts out is impressive. Like, doesn't even make yeah. sense. He's, he's kind of a monster though it's just yeah. like it's interesting to see that's just his thing it's just like just yeah. films from behind doesn't show his face because his old videos there's a few of them out there where he's just like in gym shorts looking like a regular big guy mm -hmm. and then he found that look of just like always from behind just doing the most insane things like his his deadlifts my, where the plates don't match at all on either yeah. side but it's like 900 some pounds yes yeah. my carhartt pants and safari shirt like <laughs> yeah it's a good aesthetic I'm it like, is he knows he he understands it's very intentional <laughs> it's true it would be hot though of like just doing that down in the heat and everything yeah. like just the humidity just to train like that where does like i wouldn't want to wear layers it's somewhere warm like i feel like I, for some reason i thought texas but i think that's just because i'd like to think everything greats from texas so <laughs> sure. there's a strong personal bias from there <laughs> That is not like a Texan at all, John. No, not at all. <laughs> God, he, was it like Stephen Good? Like at the Arnold, everyone had their American flags, and he brings this Texas flag. I'm like, it's such a strange place, but like, I gotta respect, gotta respect the pride for Texas. That's true. I like the because I mean, it's a great like the. I just my friend sent me a picture of like an HVAC car truck that he was behind that they they had a vanity plate all about texas and they had all this texas stuff and that's they had the motto on the back most likely to secede and i'm like that's a great motto for what yeah <laughs> it is just like it's funny to like watch people with the texas flag they'll have american flags around but their whole back window will be the texas flag and then there's like a little american flag in the corner you're like you're still a patriot but like texas is where it's at yeah gotta, hey respect the consistency like you know what you're going to get with a native Texan. <laughs> it's a good state. It is. But yeah, I don't know. It depends on the side of the state that you're on. I mean, uh, I, I, the best part about leaving West Texas, I'm sorry. The best part about, I already ruined my joke. The best part of <laughs> the best part about West Texas is leaving. <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot of straw men down there. Like just tons of dudes down there. Yeah, when that's you talk about like general. over overpopulation, because so many guys are like, "How do you get noticed when there's a ton of good guys down here?" Mm -hmm. Like to like, do uh, that. Yeah, it's like it's the crazy. one or two years ago. It was like Texas Strongest Man. It's the one that uh, Thigpen did, and he oh, had yeah. that. He tore the bicep. Like the amount of murderers in that show, like just for your like state's strongest man show, is crazy. Like, I just gotta I say, know. like, if somebody just wanders into our conversation, they're gonna wonder why we're so obsessed with murderers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I was like, realizing like, that you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I guess I use that one a lot. Yeah. Why are there so many murderers in Texas? 
What's, what's wrong Jeez. with that stage? Those, those crime podcasts get way more views. <laughs> that's true. That's a, that's actually what it is. I I saw a map though recently that they had like the leading cause of death around the U.S. It was like most states now. It's like fentanyl. The Midwest is like suicide. In Mississippi, the leading cause of death for adults is homicide. I was like, that's a crazy thing. Texas is just other, just like general things. But Mississippi, I was like, that's old school. Leading cause of death for adults is homicide. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. I mean, old school would be like diarrhea and typhoid. Cholera. (laughs) Miscellaneous ways to die on the Oregon Trail. Oh, man. Those were the days. Yeah, the days. But yeah, nothing like nothing like a little murder porn, man. Wow, people do though. It's like that's that's what sells these podcasts. Can't get into it. Except can't now that into it. you can't get into it, I can't, dude. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. I mean, I I mean, I I'm with you. I don't get the obsession per se. Um, but some like some of the stories are so just twisted and messed up. That it's like mm. what you know? How yeah. is this real life? It's like uh, it's like like a horror movie light kind of. Yeah. And then there's that added appeal because it's it's like real. You know my uh, my time killer is just old strongman on YouTube. You That's go. kind of my current obsession. It sounds like you're kind of a gamer too with all of the side questing. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've fallen away from. It. Like, I haven't. I haven't played anything in a long time. But now we're just watching a. Like we we found a channel that has like all the old super series shows, and I've just been yeah. banging through that. Is it Pluto? Is it Pluto? Oh uh, no, it's 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 on YouTube. Oh, it's um, on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I, I I think it's I think the page is called like Strongman Classics or something. But what got us down this rabbit hole was like being from the Northwest, like our uh, our uh, kind of the like the center of it all was like Grant Higa. Sure. Uh, so it was like, I wonder if we could find some old Grant Higa shows. So I went on like Strongman Archives, found some old shows, and then just dug on YouTube. So there's a, I found a show. It's like uh, down on Muscle Beach where it's like Marius nice. competing against Higa. And it's like, good luck, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know what, man? Grant Higa is like, he's, he's like the short man hero, right? Because, yeah. because like, he dude, nothing stopped him. Like he was loading those stones. Like he would just press them overhead to mm-hmm. load an atlas stone, right? Like he he did not let um, any. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Grant. Your, his shortcomings <laughs> like stop him, right? <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I think in that show they had like a three seventy five a hand farmers, which heavy as shit for today. But like back yeah. then, that's unreal. unreal. And like it was like max distance or something, and. I think uh, Grant couldn't get him over the line, so I sent him a, a video of it. It was like, oh, the small Polynesian hands got you again. <laughs> it's, it's like, but yeah, dude, that guy, like, never going to, like, never going to kill a throwing event or a grip event. But, like, God, I learned so much from that guy. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's just invested. He's at all the shows up here. Right. Just, he's the man, dude. Like, and he, he was doing it before we all did it. Like, 100%. pretty much. And he was doing yeah. it super, super well. And like, and I guess the reason I kind of I pointed to that is like anybody that says like you know strongman is a is only a big guy sport. Grant Higa's, I mean, he was big. I mean, the dude's thick as shit, right? Yeah. But I mean, he's not the tallest strongman competitor, mm-hmm. and he did extraordinarily well, uh, regardless. 
dude, he's like uh, 51 or 52, and I, I spotted him on a 300 kilo squat like last week. That's like he's he's been like at a, a strength sports at a very high level for like coming on his third decade right now. Like, right, it's, it's dumb. Yeah, like, yeah. What's a what's a 660 squat? <laughs> Peanuts. <laughs> yeah. And it also proves because people always talk about how dangerous the sport is, but it's one of the few sports where you have people who can still actively participate, like past their forties, other than golf, of course. Yeah, for yeah, that's true. Like, what do you, what do you guys think that is? Like, I, I, this is actually a topic uh, we like to bullshit about. It's like, what do you think it is? The obviously dumb training, but like the guys who can do it for twenty or thirty years versus the guys who tear a bicep every five minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> I gotta believe there's a little bit of genetics involved, yeah. because because there are like, man, there's tons of really, uh, well, there's a lot of people that have a ton, a ton of potential that just end up getting hurt at, and hurt and hurt and hurt, and you know, is it? It could be training, could be lack of rest. There could be some other factors in there, but man, and you got guys like Sejunus who, I mean. His record for 20 years is just stupid. 20 plus right? times a year. Yeah. Um, and then and then Mark Felix yeah. still competing in his 50s. Um, Nick Best competed into his 50s. Ode Haugen started when he was 50 and competed <laughs> until he was 60, right? Um, yeah, dude. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a it's a great topic of discussion. Like, how, how does some – people manage to, to stay together for so many years and not end up in a wheelchair. Like, like every chiropractor tells us, right. Mm -hmm. You're going you're gonna to end up in a wheelchair. If you keep deadlifting, well, explain all these old school, like old time strongmen that are still walking tall, man, in their sixties and seventies. Yeah. yeah. And I think a part yeah, of it dude, though. But... Yeah. Like we've talked about like old school strongmen of like back in the days before like PEDs were readily available, trained a lot more like end range motion. So you're a lot less likely to tear your bicep if you're consistently training <clears throat> these long range motions and that kind of flexibility. So I think there's a part of that because I think oftentimes like Emmanuel Pescari and I were talking about it, like that tendon training and trying to like train every part of the body is super important because a lot of these guys you think having strong tendons joints and ligaments is just as important as having strong muscles and muscles develop sure. way faster than those so i think like a lot of my friends who do powerlifting, i've noticed like you'd will like end up tearing your bicep and stuff because you're rarely doing intensive things to get that full blood flow in your mm -hmm. in your elbows you're not always doing like those other things like torn hamstrings because you're not necessarily always doing full range things like Jefferson curls, which are mm -hmm. all the rage these days. So I think it's a kind of a combination. And I think it's also about slow, steady, like consistent progress. Yeah. Cause some of these guys who you'll see who they like, especially the YouTubers who will consistently get injured, like Larry wheels. You're like, you went from being 165 pounds to 240 pounds in like a matter of just like a handful of years. And it's like just three lean, months. lean contractile tissue. Yeah. It's like, that's going to yeah, have dude. effects on your development. I think yeah. it's the guys, the guys that have that like meteoric rise, like are they're, just, they, they're almost scary to watch. Like, um, I think he's over the hump now, but like, uh, like a singleton, like went from, not really being in the sport to being like at the top of it in like 
18 months to two years. It's like, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of real sports prior and a lot of GDP and a lot of like his, his joints are strong, but like a dude like that going from like not doing strongman to sprinting with a thousand pounds all the time. Like it's like, dude, it's, 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 I mean, how many guys are like a flash in the pan? Like I, I'm not saying that's what he is. Cause he's not that dude's that dude's here to stay. Um, but like, it's just the first one that came to mind, but like, I think guys that get those early invites are just like a spectacle dude. Like, they're, they're playing with fire. Like the guys who take five yeah. years to get there, I think they're going to last a lot longer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's but, been a lot of those flashes uh, in the pan, like you, like you said, over mm-hmm. the years. Guys that just come and go. But um, I mean, bicep injury is the absolute most common injury in strongman. I, I don't think it's an if, it's, an uh, when, it's a win for yeah. just about everybody. Um, I don't think there's a single guy at the top that probably hasn't had a bicep tear. Yeah. <laughs> One at yeah, least. Really. Um, yeah. cause it's just so common because of the, the, the stress, but, but I mean, like John was saying, a lot of it probably has to do with mobility and, and, and tendon, uh, elasticity, right. Um, as you get larger and, um, less mobile, uh, those tendons just do not move as much. I mean, that's how I tore my, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. a super heavyweight, but that's how I tore my bicep. I just stopped paying attention to mobility and. And that's all it took was uh it wasn't even a heavy heavy uh it was a continental clean on an axle it wasn't heavy my mobility was just so so shitty at the time um then it just popped right off yeah but now but now my, i've worked on my mobility and everything's been absolutely great my biceps are strong and the least i think the least injury prone of anything on my body now so sure when you you got that uh that surgical attachment point that <laughs> yeah it's like it's yeah. a bionic it's like a bionic tendon yeah. now <laughs> well, isn't it like it's typically like ends up being stronger depending on what the surgeon does but it does it is guys say that yeah mine's definitely stronger so my uh so that's my left bicep uh pro, uh distal and i've to- i've like partially torn my right in the past yeah and i think it's healed well now but mm-hmm. yeah there was a time where i'm like my left feels like it's indestructible now. And I'm like, my right's going to go any day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was, God, dude, that was my biggest concern doing, um, cause I did ASM on real short notice. I wasn't really, I was just going to do OSG and I was like, shit, I got to do a max axle. Like mind you good event for me, but I'm like, I haven't been doing the movement and like, right. I could tell like my underhand, the degree of rotation was maybe a couple degrees less. Like I used to be more comfortable truly here. Now right. I'm like grabbing it like here. I'm like, oh, that's a little tricky. That's, that's exactly where mine tore is like I was the same, right? My my mobility was like I could turn my hand here like rather than fully open. Yeah. And, you know and when I, you're not on the bar right. Like, yeah, and my I was on yeah. it like this, like, you know, the bar's through here, and I pulled it like – and, and yep. you know, the weight pulled it down and pop. Yeah. It's like – Yeah. Yeah. I wish not, the, not the worst injury – I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> but but very recoverable. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst injury you can probably sustain in strongman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, my business partner just tore his during our remodel of the new gym. Um, not in a cool way. He did it carrying drywall. Nobody ever um, does it in a cool way. No, 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 no. It's not like oh, I missed the last stone at Worlds. It was like I was I picked this thing up wrong in normal life. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, it, it, I've had a bunch of injuries, been an athlete since my teens. I'm in my 30s now. The only I don't hate the injury because of the pain. I just rehabbing's annoying. Like he's just like, he's like, oh, there's six months of just 
bullshit. Like, yeah, it's a mindset though. You gotta, you gotta go into the right mindset. And, and, um, like me, I, I don't know. I think I did it right. And now I see other athletes like Tyler, uh, young. I mean, dude, he was pre- like benching four or five. Like what did he say? Like 40 like, days post-op, which is insane to me. Yeah. It was a matter um, of like weeks and not. Yeah, it was like crazy. And his 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 uh um ortho was like commenting on it, being like, you know, this is amazing, like this is exactly what they were shooting for. So I mean, I think the science is in understanding is changing mm. a bit too. But um, but yeah, I mean, I just like I, I refuse to stop. I mean, I couldn't do anything with my arm for a little while, but you know, my uh you get that robo arm that limits your range of motion. Well, I started waking up with my arm fully open. So I'm like, well, I don't need this, you know? And so I started going and, 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 and testing it a little bit here and there. And I think I pulled a, a beltless deadlift. It was double overhand death deadlift PR, like at six weeks. Um, yeah. I hit an overhead PR out of the rack. I was dumping it, you know, with bumper plates. Cause I didn't want that um, mm. stress on the bicep, but. Yeah, I went to, to my ortho and I told him, well, I told the PA and she like freaks out and goes to the ortho, you know, and he comes back and he's like, you're, you're freaking out my PA, but he like, he leveled me. He's like, the reality is, is that we don't know what is possible post-surgery because all of our data is based around average people and we take the most uh, conservative mm-hmm. approach because we don't know what it's capable of. And he's like, you're doing things that we never knew were possible. He's like, you know, I'd like you to tone it down, but keep doing what you're doing no. if it you know yeah. just don't tear it again and i think Fair. that's the main thing is the the movements and stuff of our last episode we were talking with lucas hardy who talks about training range of strength rather than range of motion and it's that idea is so much of like our rehab is designed for like older or people or inactive people but also he was talking about stretching he was saying how ridiculous it is that you have people who literally say don't squat with a barbell until you can do a perfect body weight squat. And for most people, you're not going to be able to do that kind of thing without having some weight. And it's okay to, if you're strong enough, like some people, their bad mobility is because they don't do weighted stretches of like, so a 95 pound ballerina touching her toes is very different than a 300 pound person trying to touch his toes because he's strong enough that like half his body weight's not going to do anything as far as a pull. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're like skinny but, enough, so I think it's kind of hard with those things. Yeah, like, well, it, it's this it's this ebb and flow of like uh, strength is tension. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like, well, how do we build more tension to move more weight? But then like they're like let's just do a body weight stretch and like we've just built up all this tension in those areas. And now it's like, yeah, just leaning forward is going to be enough to stretch it. I'm like no, it's, not <laughs> it's like it's like uh, somebody was like asking me about some like lat mobility stuff and i'm like well i usually do like dumbbell pullovers with like an 80 to like yeah. feel something i'm like yeah it's a lot of tension there's a lot of years of like building tension and tissue it's like got to be heavy enough to like even be a stimulus it's i think it's the same thing as training mm-hmm. like the, the stretching has to be heavy enough to produce a stimulus or challenging enough i guess to produce a stimulus just like training 100 because you yeah. think you want your body to have enough tension that like some of my 
I've seen friends who are into like dancing and stuff who have gotten into strength sports, realizing that they can squat ass to grass with nothing on their back. That's actually really hard to develop a strong squat then because you don't have anything stopping you. Whereas like some people are so immobile, like it's taken me a while. I can finally squat below parallel, but like (laughs) I literally couldn't without weight and stuff. And even with weight, it was kind of hard because it is that like, my body's the opposite of just doesn't like to move certain ways, except behind the back curls, which somehow came pretty easy. That's ridiculous. The useful one. The new one I'm trying is they've been doing this, the <laughs> eagle hang, where you're supposed to hang from the bar with your hands at this direction. Sure. And you get closer and closer. I physically can't even do it with a wide grip yet. And they're like, no, that'll make that helps your wrists. It helps your biceps, helps everything. I'm like, it's an insane range of strength, but I think we're just now seeing what people are capable of because you have athletes who have been doing this forever and i think oftentimes we look at these things where for some reason our advice about like lifting comes from like an osha manual that's like lift with a perfectly neutral back don't use like only use your legs for a 50 pound box you're like what are you talking about let me introduce you to josh hatfield he's gonna (laughs) yeah (laughs) you've seen that guy deadlift oh man so yeah neutral spine sure dude yeah yeah right. sure yeah. well i mean even kk used to like be very round backed right for a really mm-hmm. long time and he was strong as shit and every yeah. time and we and everybody lifts atlas stones with a rounded back i don't think i've yeah. ever seen anybody lift an atlas stone off the ground with a neutral spine yeah because the main thing is it's funny the all the studies they did about lifting with a neutral back they did on pig carcasses and they said the more load they put and the more bending, the more damage occurred. And it's like, yes, with animals that, that are, are dead, dead with no circulation and no <laughs> chance of like getting better. It's like, these are our studies. Cause people will say of like, I mean, squat university had the thing where he was like, textbooks will tell you that like your core and your, the, your rectors are to help like you move your spine. But he was like, no, they're just there to help keep things stable. You want to train in a stable mm-hmm. position. And you're like, the body's meant to be dynamic. If you think yeah, you don't yeah. like, you have tons of people. If you go to scoop your kid off the ground, you're not going to use a neutral spine for no. something like that. And like, there are these things like the Atlas stones, where for some reason you have people kind of this like fear mongering is this idea of like, I heard this. So I don't do it anymore. It's like, if you don't do something, it's going to be way harder to do anything with it. Like whenever people, oh, I hurt my knee. So I just stopped squatting and suddenly it's harder and harder to squat, especially to parallel. And you're like, you cut you, it's a use it or lose it situation with almost every part of our body. And I think people somehow like don't understand that. Like with the Atlas stones, you're like, no one's doing an Atlas stone that's quite to the level of their deadlift, but like, you can develop like a high level range of strength with that. If I've seen sure. one of our guys, um, the thigh King on Instagram, his Atlas yeah. stone was like close to his deadlift for the longest time. Cause he oh, only I loves see. doing Atlas stones and like yeah. de- deficit deadlifts and stuff. So I think what you train gets stronger, but we've just had Adam caustic. Co- oh caustic. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Shout out Adam, because it is yeah. that idea that like we have outdated information that's not meant for dynamic mm. lives and stuff. If you're to like when someone recommends stretches, they're like, oh, just like bend over. It's like if you're like at your level, your body's not that's not going to be enough tension to stretch your hamstrings at all to just lean forward. Yeah. So like, like a, a plate or two to like. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think 
people have this idea that like, and I know I sound like a broken record whenever I say it, but they'll be like, certain movements are inherently dangerous because they're like, well, good mornings if done improperly can be dangerous. I'm like, what in life isn't dangerous if done improperly? <laughs> like yeah. there are so many things. <laughs> driving if done improperly can be dangerous. Do you stop driving then? Like, Yeah, really. But for some reason with That's motions, hilarious. we'll do that all the time. We're like, if it's done improperly, it could be dangerous. I'm like, that's why you do gradual load. And I think for these guys who make it to their fifties and stuff, mm. it's that slow, gradual build of like, I think <clears throat> focusing on those things like grip strength in these things. Cause you'll see some of these guys like layer wheels of people who train with straps and only do mixed grip on deadlifts. He, I guess when he wanted to take a run at giants live or whatever <clears throat> training Atlas stones, he went from no Atlas stone progress 10 two weeks tearing his bicep doing 440 pounds it's like maybe you should have progressed to the point yeah. like don't jump to that insane level but yeah. i think it's kind of the impatience people have of like mm. i think it's this idea that you have so many people who think like oh i'm just like too old for this or whatever because mm. now we do have the internet that you can see there's this guy his username on instagram's the 75 kg he's like world-class tested lifter 75 kgs and i saw him there's a video on his page where i'm in the background just watching and all he hits 671 Dude, that pounds guy's per a double freak an easy double and i was <clears> like <throat> that's an insane thing he was like yeah it's just like a few pounds over the current world record yeah i was like that's just a training lift and he hit the next day like 440 on the bench for a double and you're like sure yeah normal yeah. stuff for a guy that weighs that much sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like totally so, but it is that like specificity and i think mm. people can get discouraged because there is this idea that like so kind of we have a youth-centric culture at times it's like oh you need to start something young to do it when in fact the reason why like kids pick up languages faster is because they have more time and they get addicted to it if you mm -hmm. put it that's same level of time into something you'll kind of progress, but we have this idea of like all the time people ask Darren, when's he going to compete as a masters? It's like, why would Darren go from doing open class level weights to doing what sometimes is like middleweight men's weights mm -hmm. for like the like sure. masters. It's like, you kind of have to keep pushing yourself, but there's this idea that like bodies are kind of disposable. And especially if we're using, research on dead pigs for how to move the human body you're like just yeah, that's so gonna be pretty bad bizarre. science yeah really. yeah god it's usually like anything like that but I think, back to you yeah i think it's uh as far as like what's okay and not it's an interesting conversation like uh looking at the open men or just like what's you know common uh technique or training for open men and I, I get this comment uh, when like, I'm competing or I, there's a couple guys that are like, or like Kordiaka, like he's such an athlete. He moves so well. And it's like, dude, that's just should be normal. Like, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's interesting. I, I think the, I, this bit of a topic change, but like with strongman is this strange, like we believe a lot of things, especially like the open men, they just believe certain things to be true. Certain movements are good. Certain movements, bad. Like, split jerk guy he's cheating or he's an idiot like <laughs> that's impossible for me i'm like i don't know it's just a strange thing like that's I the best because it, it's, it's cheating but it's like if it's cheating then try to do it how yeah. many people can split this is 440 this is this is a uh a, a certain strongman said one time um 
you know, look at all those weightlifters. How can they be the strongest man in the world or whatever if they can't walk over to a car and pick it up? And I'm like, let's see you clean and jerk 585 pounds. Yeah, like, or like, why um, would you say that? Yeah, like, God, like I, I, I have people all the time. It's like, dude, you'd be so much. They're asking me, like, uh, what do you bench? I'm like, I don't. It's like, so much better if you bench. No I'm idea. Like, like, you guys would be so much better if you spent the last five years like building your quads and learning how to dip and drive right. Like, right. I don't know. It's just the open men is like <laughs> so strange. They're like, I'm gonna build my shoulders to a world class Eddie Hall level because that's possible when they could just like <laughs> up their squat and like work on speed and still get you know big numbers. It's just it's crazy to me. Like. I'm going to wait till I can strict press 400 pounds. I'm like, no, all you need to do, all you need to do is be able to squat 500 or 550 fast. And like at your size, it's a pretty easy ask. Like, there's, I mean, there's, there's you 105 guys that aren't squatting 600 that are push pressing 400. Yeah. Like, what, like, what are we even talking about? Like uh, it's strongman is completely, especially with the opens, ignored the fact that weightlifting exists and it's like the largest state-funded experiment of like what makes people strong right and good at overhead and we're just like i think watching old videos of zadrunas and eddie is the way <laughs> and i was like dude there's a 90 kilo dude that has pressed more than either of them out of the out of the rack like what are we yeah. talking about like yes zadrunas and eddie did a lot of incredible shit but like they're also a lot more special than you are and they did it they did. I think they did overhead pressing on hard mode. Um, like, just use your damn legs. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, Bibby. Like, I think that dude gets maybe five percent increase from his legs. I'm like, that's the hardest possible way to go on this quest that he went on. <laughs> right. Right. Like, <laughs> I, like with, yeah. Watching him just, fail the clean over and over again for his one <laughs> axle record, and you're like, you're just failing the clean, and finally gets it up and just strict presses it. And you're like, yeah, like, wait, that's that was the hard part, like, yeah, like, well, and then well, people will see this and like, he's got 28 inch arms, and they're like, I think I should do it the way he does it. Like, no, just, just eat like, 20,000 calories every day until your <laughs> arms are 28 inches. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> Like, yeah, find find the small person that's doing double body weight on that lift and see all the creative, intelligent ways that they train. And right. like open men are like the only people that's who are like, like well, that's stupid. And that's like, like the 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 interesting part. I mean, you say like they're they're learning, they mean they have interesting, innovative ways. There's a lot of science behind weightlifting. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're not just going in just randomly lifting, no. picking things up. Like there's a ton of research and science behind the way the top weightlifters in the world train. Yeah. Like a ton. It's, like, it's the largest like state funded experiment exactly. with decades of data. <clears throat> and we're just like, I think, um, yeah, fuck them. yeah, I think I'm going to use this one article about anti pressing and I'm just going to base my life around they that. They can't, like, they can't walk over and pick up a car. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who are they? Or the, <laughs> there's no weight classes in the jungle. It's like, there's no CPAPs in the jungle either. Like chill. Like, <laughs> I, that's not my quote that's not my quote i sold that to somebody <laughs> it's still so good though man there's just these weird lines in the sand of like Strowman. a lot of times forget that we're we're actually just athletes like it's right. just sports it's real sports like they'll see you were talking about like not like jumping's hard it's like i don't know like, it's the only sport where it's like it's a meme when we do something athletic 
Right. I'm like, dude, guys, that's the point. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that's the point. Like, you think like Novikov can't do a sprint and a jump without tearing a hamstring? I'm sure he can. Like, <laughs> like, dude, it's wild. Like, it's we're just it's a strange sport, strange community. I it's love it, but it's sport. a strange thing. I, I love it too. I mean, kind of getting more on that. Uh, it always kind of I always find it a little remarkable whenever I see somebody say that strong men are the strongest athletes in the world. And then I start thinking about like, well, we current, I mean, other than half the worst suited strap deadlift, none of the other like weight classes in strongman have the world records, which are raw and all grip, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have the world record overhead because in weightlifting, <coughs> um, there's all these, all these like other sports that are doing some of our events so much better. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like if we were if Charmin was really home to the strongest athletes, shouldn't we have all the world records? Yeah, like the so, actual like yeah all time yeah. world records. Well, it was the the my pushback would be like the coolest angle to take on strongman, and it's like this huge marketing miss for the sports. Like we're the most well rounded, or sure. we should be right. Like we can do it all, and like. I mean, I might still argue that CrossFit's the most well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But they're also, <laughs> but, but they're also a lot smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. They're, um, they're they're all under under two hundred yeah, pounds, so most you don't realize them. how short most of them are. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Seeing them at the Rogue Invitational, you can finally get a sense of perspective. It's nice <laughs> to like be like, oh, like these are all my height. Like yeah. that, that's why it makes sense when you're like, you're like if you if you're if you're five foot seven or five foot eight, like Matt Frazier, and you're a lean, two hundred five pounds, like that's yeah. a that's a strong individual. Of like our yes. sponsored athlete, shout out Chase, he's gonna love this when he hears <laughs> it. He is like five five, I think, and two hundred fifteen yeah. pounds lean. You're like yeah. that's a so strong a like. He is significantly stronger than I am. And like his yeah. legs, like his legs are just like middle, little tree trunks. Like, but him, he was talking about like he can split your uh, 300 pound log, just was doing the 250 yeah. some pound like block press. And it is all about that, like what you're talking you about do Chase. with that strength. Yeah, Chase. Yeah. 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 Cause it is like Chase, he's very strong, very built. And I think it's all about trying to explain like train that explosiveness because I think it's this mm-hmm. interesting idea of like what makes you a well-rounded athlete is if you're bad at throwing, <clears throat> go to Highland games, see how they do it. If you're bad at overhead, try some weightlifting, see some of that technique. Mm-hmm. If you're bad at deadlifting, go talk to any high level power lifter who does that of like, there are these like techniques. And sometimes I think we can kind of like be in these little silos of be like, well, this is cheating because all the time it's like, sumo's cheating and then like what's his name just comes over here jamal browner and pulls 430 kilos no suit just a belt like (laughs) you're like oh so cheating like sumo's cheating but he can still he's one of the strongest men in the world and i think it's kind of that weird idea we have where for some reason like certain things are just taboo or like if anyone's better than us it's because they're cheating at it or because it's yes, like dude. it's yeah. just technique and the best is that's when it's always like if it's just technique then do it if it really is that much of a cheat then try to split jerk yeah. it's really like, hard like <laughs> i have marcus crowder level leg drive according to frank so i'm like <laughs> yeah i have like a classic strongman where he's like so when you do a push press you do about three inches of like movement with your legs like mm. it's no jumping no explosiveness i'm like yeah it feels yeah. like something 
Yeah, but it's a little, little help. <laughs> it's a little help, but it's not like a full split jerk and that explosiveness. It, I think it's that power generation. It's it's funny too. Like I'll get this. Um, I've heard this said about uh, Camby, and I, um, Nico gives me shit all the time. Nico, a Greek Goliath. <laughs> like, God, that dude's. I love that dude. He's, he has God, the hottest face. My ass. He has a pain in my ass. I love that guy, but he's like, I'll just get described as like, oh, he's the the technique guy. Like, he's just I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, um, at a like at America, like, he's split jerk, so he just does uses technique. I'm like, I have the strongest quads of the show. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like nobody is uh, has these like is weak and is putting, you know, it, it, but it's strong. And it's like, well, he's the split jerker is the technique guy. He just he That's figured true. it out. I'm like, dude, he's faster than you. Right. You're not actually fast enough. You can't jump. Dude, like, honestly, <laughs> if if, uh, if I could split jerk, I would. I just suck at it. And so yeah. I relegate myself to push pressing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also am not really awesome at, but <laughs> <laughs> my best split jerks look just... like your 2022 <laughs> strongman core split jerk where it's just pulling the left leg back a little bit. Yeah. Catching it. yeah like, that's what I was going to say. I was just looking was at like, that because I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, oh. that wasn't really, that wasn't much <laughs> no, of a split jerk. Uh, that was like a big push press. I blacked yeah. out. I, uh, <laughs> so it was weird. So on the previous rep, I think I'd hit myself in the chin during the split jerk. Nice. So like, I'm in the front rack on that one, and I'm like, okay, let's get my face out of the way. And I look up like this, and the lights go out. And I, when the lights came back, I'm like, it's locked out. Sick. But, like, I definitely didn't. <laughs> I definitely didn't split jerk it. Um, you yeah. got to do like Rob Kearney does. Like, a lot of people gave Rob a lot of shit for many years because he was split jerking. And then he just started posting pictures of push pressing, like, four. 400 for yeah, like what, reps what are we talking like, about? Like, it's like he's still a fucking incredibly compressor <laughs> so what yeah. did he split jerks that's just yeah. he can do when, it it's his preferred when, method uh there's a time where he lived he lived over here and he was training at a dungeon um he was doing like um lockout press with a log overhead uh three to 350 with bands this is post tricep surgery i'm like he's right. strong as shit like what that's are we sure. like like, dude, like, I, um, the guys will, guys will hit me with that. I was like, oh, you just a split jerk. I'm like, I still have a bigger push press than you. And I don't have a pedestrian strict press either. Like, right. I'm coming up <laughs> on 400. Like, you can have your 400. I don't think that really matters. It's the same argument wanna... about people that pull sumo, man. I mean, yeah, like, Jamal just... Browner is a great example. Everybody basses, basses, uh, his sumo. And then he goes and he's like pulling for reps conventional more than in their backs yeah. right it's like come on yeah like if if any of us did the sets and reps that he does on a regular basis conventional like damn he's a good deadlifter like but it's jamal so it's like he's just the sumo guy <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's so strange <laughs> because it, it really is when you're like he's doing pause reps at like 930 pounds sumo and people are like well it's just technique and i'm like no stopping at like midway and just like going up with it like it's this silly idea the internet convinces people of that people are just like can be good at just one specific yeah. thing without it translating like, over to everything. It's like if you're really, really strong, it's going to translate it, to most everything. It helps. I think, I think it's, it's people, it helps. <laughs> I think it's the general. I think it's just the general public just being uh, poor sports and mm. wanting to have an excuse for why they suck. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, really, I think it is because I mean, anytime like Starman is like. Charmin is really bad about this, right? 
Like, Strongman's literally a sport made for cheating. Like, I mean, grip shirts, <laughs> double belts, double sleeves, tacky, you know, straps, everything. But but don't you dare split jerk. <laughs> yeah, Two, we don't like that. But then it's like everyone, they'll be like, these things are cheating. Anyways, what are you guys going to do for static monsters with the 18-inch deadlift in a yeah. suit with straps? Right. Well, <laughs> like, oh, you're like, the, entire, the entire nature of the sport is like, well, if we don't ask in the rules meeting, it's cool. It's not cheating. <laughs> Yeah, like, but still, don't you dare split jerk. No, like, don't you dare, dude. I had a uh, at our show. I had a, a buddy of mine, and he's just a he's a he's a goofball. But like he he did that uh, classic world strongest man thing where somebody carried the hoose with a ring. He's like, well, nobody said it in the rules meeting, so he brought a figure eight and did, we did a max distance sandbag carry. He had a figure eight strap no and way. grabbed it. <laughs> around the sandbag and did his max distance carry he's like it, it wasn't in the rules meeting I'm like technically you're right that i hate you yeah. um, <laughs> but that's like just like that's the how our rules are designed is like if it's not said it's okay but then we say like normal techniques but, but again that's i mean it goes right back to the problem of having zero standards no yeah. no rules nothing like and and again it doesn't have to be like standardized equipment and stuff but come on i mean there's got to be some line drawn in the sand somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, there, there's, there's so many like weird things that have happened at shows in the past, and like to the point where like, people have forgotten about it. Like, I was watching, um, it was one of the Mohican Sun shows. Uh, they had a max distance hoose, and half the guys like dropped to a knee and rested it on a knee, and then sure. continued. And like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a rules meeting. Like, it, you're not allowed to do that. Like, I feel like it's a thing where if somebody brought that back, a promoter would be like, shit, I didn't shit. say it. Is it okay? And like, <clears throat> there's just so many weird what, workarounds that you could do in the sport. Or what about the year that Poundstone, like, literally, he was car deadlift, front bar, and he just sat down and took, like, a break. <laughs> like, <laughs> like halfway through, like, the, the, the event, and then, like, stood up and finished the, the pull. And everybody's like, Minds were blown. Like, what just that's, happened? That's one of the sickest deadlifts of all time, honestly. Like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> those moments are great. Like the one guy doing, I forget it. I'm blanking on his name, but the stone to shoulder and just bouncing it on the ground and oh, catching uh, uh, it directly in his lap. Uh, Belsack did that. Yeah, Belsack. Yeah. Yep. That's a quality they thing because there are those funny moments. <laughs> super thick rubber that just bounced the stone back up. Like, damn. yeah, it's just, or, it's so. It's all about like what can you do? Because also, I feel like Halfthor did that one year too somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I feel we, like that I mean, sounds yeah. How many? Because you're dropping it from it, that height. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, like how often in a show do you see somebody like you, you do this for you know five, ten, fifteen years, and then you s still go to a show and you see somebody try something you never even thought about, like this, <laughs> and like how much technique has changed from five years ago? Like, or you look at old Atlas stones, like people don't even know what the hell they were doing, and now there's just. <laughs> Dude, right. it's it's so cool. Like well, I think it's one of the coolest tacky, Like yeah. back in the like in the in the um, oh like the Magnus Ver Magnuson and Marcus Samuelson days. Like I know Mark Samuelson was like like really adamantly against tacky when it came out. Just was like a huge opponent of it mm -hmm. because like, they didn't use tacky back in the old day. It was just raw stone lifting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God, how where do you where do you think the records would be if they just never use tack? Like I mean, I've I, seen I mean, 
I see Martins Lisi's do. I'm pretty sure he did a 500. I'm sorry, not 500, but like a four. I say it was like 450 stone of steel with just chalk it's to gross. the shoulder. It's gross, which is insane. So, which is insane. So, mm. I mean, the world record probably wouldn't be six. What is it, six thirty-five or six? Yeah, definitely not. Um, I think, but I think it would definitely still be mid fifties without tacky. Honestly, yeah, yeah, no, probably. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, no tacky stone lifting out there on stones that have used tacky before. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is it really a new you know, like, like it's that sticky? Yeah, like yeah, like I, I had a block where we were working on it, and I think at the end I, I did like a 400 load, and you I'm like, yeah, no tacky stone PR, and you can see the stone literally pull my shorts with it. It's like, yeah, no tacky, <laughs> except for the old tacky that's on there. Awesome. And uh, I think I'm it was like James, James Stanko called me out and he's like, Yeah, sick, no tacky stone, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. It'd be over five still. Yeah, yeah. I think it would still be over five. I mean, just kind of based off of you know Martins Lisi's doing that. I'm pretty sure it was mm -hmm. 450 stone of steel, only chalk. Which is stone of steel, in my opinion, is way harder to pick than concrete. Yeah. Um, yeah. and shouldering it. There, there's a dude yeah. uh, training with him right now. I, I kind of hate this because I just met him and I, I'm spaced on his name. But he used to train out of the Sweaty Pig in Utah, and now he's training uh, with Martins. And I think he just shouldered like 420 in the Stone of Steel at Wreck-It Gym. Nice. I, I watched this lift. Like, I don't think anyone realizes how crazy that is. Like, dude. So who would who would that be? So I'm trying to think. He's a, he's a younger dude. Okay. So I'm, um, I was... I'd have to I'd have to find him. I could send it to you guys, but it's is. I saw him it, when I was at the Sweaty Pig. I was there uh, over the summer, and he was shouldering. I think it was like 360 on a normal stone, and it as like for a size. I'm like, damn, that's impressive. I mean, for anybody, that's an Crazy. impressive lift. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's just been. I don't know why he's hitting stone to shoulder so hard, but he just did a 420 in the stone of steel. It's like, what are you training for? Because it's gonna be cool when it happens. It's gonna be cool, like, man. Yeah, dude, I need to get out to the Sweaty Pig one of these days. Connor's a fucking. Dude is a fucking ham. Dude, I love those guys. Like uh I don't I don't know what it is and I'm kind of scared for it, but I, I put out that video like asking for support and stuff and Connor messaged me and he's like send me a couple training videos. We want to make a spoof version of what you just did. And I think the phrase he said is like it's going to be the most disgustingly patriotic video you've ever seen in your life so i'm really scared about what they make um that's but awesome i don't think anyone has more fun in the gym and on social media than those guys like Dude, i agree like, uh <laughs> i i love like yeah sweaty pig is usually at the top of my feed because i yeah i watch all this stuff it's yeah. great yeah they're just they're just fucking around like <laughs> it's like i think that's that's the best part like being at the gym right now like i mean i'm sitting here and I think I've had 15 people come to the window and like flip me off and talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> like a proper strongman gym is a beautiful place to be. Yes. Like, yes. Agreed. Yeah. And I miss that. I haven't trained in like a proper strongman gym <laughs> in so long. I remember taking my ex-wife to the to the gym with me and she was so horrified because of the shit that would come out of all our mouths. Like he's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> no, I don't want anything to do with this place. <laughs> Yeah. It's like uh, we just we just moved uh, dungeon to a bigger location and it's 
much nicer. It's like we did everything kind of right from the start. The old location was in like a little uh, shopping center that had like 15 Korean restaurants, a church kind of. It was a very sketchy Wait, little how many How many Korean restaurants? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Like we were in the, 15 Korean restaurants dude, it, like it, right there. Like, like we're, the community we were in was like all um, – it was all just first-generation immigrants, like just businesses all there. Every single sign in there was in another language except for Dungeon Strength and this like first worship church. And it was <laughs> it was a just a strange place. And like we'd be lifting stones in the back and there'd be uh, people who never – didn't speak any English. Just like what are the fat white people up to today? Um, (laughs) um, but we had like a we had a a sink that was both used for cleaning tacky off we used it to clean all the paint stuff when we painted the gym and then it was also the primary source of water for like the first two years and i what i'm getting at is like i don't think the members at the new space will really appreciate the joys that was the old tacky sink and like like a (laughs) Like what strongman used to be. <laughs> I feel like every gym has something nasty like that. Just right. Yeah, it's foul. That's awesome, but, man. Yeah. You know there are those moments, and because it, it is fun when you just like I, just training with what you have, because it makes you. I think it's kind of ties into like the stone of steel and stuff. It's like training in an environment that's harder than what you might experience in combat. Yeah. Like yeah. those things can help of like uh, CJ Pierce had a video where he's talking about if your comp doesn't allow touch and go reps, why would you ever use touch and go reps in training mm-hmm. for that comp? And it's like kind of this idea where sometimes people are like, sometimes you want to kind of go like, you don't want to always be lifting on like the Kabuki deadlift bar if your comp's going to be doing an axle mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think sometimes there's that idea of too with like the gym and stuff. It's like, having something shitty and trying to take care of something shitty makes you appreciate when things are good oh yeah so much more of like having like our first apartment together we decided to save money and we didn't pay for gas which meant no heat in the winter so we just like slept in 40 degrees it's not 42 dude, it's not cold weather. in texas anyway oh this so was I in don't... virginia this was oh, in virginia okay. okay that's a big that's this, a bigger this, problem this is pipe breaking cold <laughs> that was like no it that's how much of babies we are it took like three years to not to suddenly now we keep heat on in the winter, but there we keep friends would come over and we'd be like, keep your shoes on, keep your jackets on. It's going to be pretty cold. And we are just all just Here's the hanging out, like wear gloves. We, we're both sleeping like sweatpants, sweatshirts, bathing robes, and then our blankets. And now, now it's like, I'm like, it feels kind of chilly. And I look at the thermostat at 68 degrees. I'm like, no, I'll bump it the up tough, the tough life now, the tough, tough life, life of Texas. <laughs> yeah. but, but it is that like you appreciate nicer sure. things once you get there and i think it's always neat seeing like businesses grow up and because now yeah. it's like you have a better location you're not going to use yeah your source of water won't be the same thing that people are washing khaki <laughs> off in and sure. doing lord knows well, what because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just gross <laughs> and it, re- it was kind of a thing where we intentionally almost didn't clean it because it was funny um, <laughs> but like it's like it's still wild though like we we move into this new spot by you know, it's we've kind of reached a point with the partners, especially uh, Ryan, where it's like we're never going to financially recover from this. Like <laughs> we've bought all this new equipment, did all this cool stuff. And like day one, like one of the younger members, like you're going to get a Kabuki deadlift bar. 
I was like, I hate you so much. <laughs> God damn it. Like, use the nice thing. Shut up. Um, it's like people who haven't done the old school strongman environment. Like, it's it's so different. Like, the new, right. especially the, the, the spirit of, like, the younger powerlifters compared to, like, where powerlifting and strongman used to be. It's very strange how this oh, sport man. has gone from, like, kind of yeah. blue collar to, like, almost an elitist thing. It is don't strange. I don't know how that don't shit happened. Me, don't get me started. Oh, all right. <laughs> the, the hate in your uh, heart's coming out. Like. Oh God, yeah, so much hate. Um, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Straw. There used to be like etiquette and and sort of a you know a lot of camaraderie and whatnot, right? And respect for the the older, more experienced, uh, successful athletes. And now it's like it's just flipped on its head. <laughs> yeah, it's it drives a, me insane. Um, I, I can't remember who in the gym said this, but I was I was dying laughing. It's a uh, they were giving some of the young guys a hard time, and it was like you shouldn't um, have beautifully edited training montage videos, like hype videos, if your bench is less than the circus dumbbell world record. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God, man. People do though. It's like because now you see these kids with their they all have like the HD cameras and they're like train in their singlets all the time and they do because we have a nice Aleco combo True. rack that's like so it's like the nicest of everything and stuff there so that's why i like well i'm not that strong that's why i just do random things my super deficits and stuff so i'm like yeah. this is what makes me happy what i can't it's just it, like yeah. lifting on the worst stuff yeah well, in some sense i can't blame them because it's like if you have access to the nice stuff like why not be as specific and like you know, like if you have it, but it's like the, the notion of like, if I don't have it, I couldn't possibly get good. I'm like, that's kind of crazy. That also yeah. ignores the whole history of the sport. Um, but if you right. do have it, like, yeah, might as well use it. But it, I don't know. It's it's a strange shift that happened. It's true. Yeah. I think and it's it becomes hard. sort of an expectation though too, right? Um, that's kind of, that's actually why I left some of the strongman gyms because I, I would bring all my, my equipment in. Right. And, and I started yeah. having like really nice equipment. I would leave it there. And then, and then some of the newer lifters would be like, you know, asking me, you know, to, to buy or bring something else. And I'm like, dude, you're using this shit for free. Like you go buy the, the thing. Right. Like, and yeah. so, yeah, it's sort of like, it's sort of a, it is kind of an elitist, sort of uh mentality they're like oh i've got everything all this all this nice, nice stuff there's got to be more nice stuff out there for me and and rather than pitching in and you know buying their own stuff and bringing it into user just like expect somebody else to provide mm -hmm. it yeah yeah i i've caught a little bit of this too where like um there's uh i i, I totally support the the folks that are like you got to do things for the sport like the development of the sport whether it's powerlifting sure. strongman whatever at, but it's like uh, the business owner that or the gym owner that doesn't um, doesn't get every single little thing or like doesn't put on the meat for free or, you know, doesn't like these weird lines in the sand people draw. It's like they don't care about developing the sport. I'm like, dude, they they like put their entire financial future into building the facility yeah. and like hosting meets or like guys like Lynn, like. Or like, I've heard people say like he's not interested in this or that. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like that man, like he's, he doesn't he's have full time now. Thing. That's yeah, like his like, career now. Yeah. yeah, and like 
you think he's like rolling in it? Like, no, he's like, I got some extra money. I'm going to buy these five cool things to make the show yeah. cooler next year. I'm like, yeah, you know, like it's crazy. Like, like if you're not doing whatever weird line in the sand people are drawing, you don't couldn't possibly care about the sport. I'm like, you always just need to turn it yeah. back on him and, and ask him, well, what are you doing for the sport? <laughs> yeah. Like, because sometimes like, the yes, loudest people, and we had we had an episode of that here not too long about ago, and I'm not going to mention the name, but um, made a lot of noise about uh, you know women's uh, classes not getting you know enough money or enough tension or nobody's investing in it, and this sure. was like a very very you know uh, sort of high profile uh, person on Instagram. Turns out they were doing absolutely fuck all. Right, but bitching about everybody else not doing enough, and so yeah. so yeah, you need to. It seems like sometimes the loudest people about that are the ones that are doing nothing. They're just again, it gets back to that sort of elitist, spoiled mentality. Like, well, I we just deserve something, and we're not gonna we're not gonna actually help. Like you do it all, mm-hmm. and it takes sacrifice. If the biggest takeaway from that episode with Lynn is he was like, I can do this full time now. But for one, he worked in software before. And he was like, the only reason I can do this full time now is because for nine years, I never made money and most years lost money. He talked about like one of his shows losing $12,000 on that. And it's like, yes, he can do it full time now, but he dedicated his life to that. How many people who live comfortably with a decent salary job would keep putting up with people complaining about them every single year? And that's what happens so often is people are they're like, they're like, well, it could be better. It's like, yeah, everything could be better. But like, would you consistently take that attitude with everything in your life? Like, well, like I have this, but it could be better. It's like, yeah, like after a while, like you got to contribute to it and everything. Yeah. Or like, uh, I mean, the, the one that's fresh in the mind is like the rogue invitational. It was like, oh, rogue, rogue, fuck that up. They didn't do a good job. What are you talking about? They just gave away like. <laughs> 250 300 grand total to these athletes in our yeah. sport that everyone complains like no one does anything for the athletes and, what are we doing spent, like and they spent like 10 grand on every implement yeah it was like <laughs> we uh let's add the let's take the time to add strongman to our biggest event maybe they could get some good <laughs> eyes on them but like right. they cut the apollon's axle so they suck like what are we <laughs> shut up they like, could do less goofy big events that's I one thing that, that Darren and I'm I with like. you there because All that's right. the main thing that I would say there's, but there's room for those things because at the end they're still yeah. doing it. Like it's one of those what? things of like, it's a free premium live stream. Like it's yeah, one of sure. the premier things. And they I actually think do a really good edit too. They do. They do that, amazing they do. edit. Like mm-hmm. I love that by the end of the day, cause I was there the first day. <clears> I will say as someone who paid a hundred dollars, 75 bucks for terrible seats, 25 bucks for parking and then couldn't see any of the events. It was a little bit of like, there were some hard feelings, but I came home and I could see edited versions of every event and stuff because mm-hmm. they are those nice things. And I think one thing that the rogue invitational really highlights as far as fan base though, is you saw all the CrossFit fans, they were buying from all the vendors. Rogue has a like in-store thing and people are literally just buying things and just walking around all day with like Rogue plates and stuff or like mm-hmm. walking them out to their car. And I think that's what Rogue couldn't do the Rogue Invitational without the CrossFit fans because the CrossFit fans are yeah. paying into They're the just... sport and doing those things. Yeah. If you realize like that's what keeps things going of like, you you don't want a title sponsor literally giving you tens of thousands of dollars and then no one buys anything from them. 
and like no one pays attention to it you right. don't get eyes on it and i think that's like the give and take because there is this idea of like you want everything to be awesome but no one's paying into it and everything because it is like yeah it can be yeah. small things to do but like support the sponsors support like the people who are buying those things mm -hmm. and stuff but it's always yeah, hard because people like don't want to do that no it's, crazy a, you, uh, it's not right unless we make big money from this xyz title of the show i'm like well you guys showing up the crowd was 60 people and it's mostly your mom like you know it's, just, it's your family right like like it has to pencil out and there's this weird like um you know if you're not putting up big money for the athletes you don't care like dude shush like, like it, it also has to yeah. the event has to make no, money nobody yeah. in the united states really got paid anything for a lot i mean america's strongest man paid right i think the arnold paid a little bit but for the vast majority of years for the vast majority of athletes competing in the u.s for many years nobody's making any money it wasn't mm -hmm. until recently that you know like uh mm -hmm. clash and then psl and whatnot you know showed up and started paying weight class athletes um so yeah, yeah it's, and, and and i mean other than again america's strongest man you know paid but uh, yeah and then and that had to be funded by the festival like, right. like the olympia funded all that prize money um right i'm not gonna complain that's awesome um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, for sure yeah, it's just yeah, dude, it's crazy they put up that much money for the for Americas. Um, yeah. It doesn't. I mean, because we definitely. I don't know if we drew the eyes to get that much financial gain for the expo. We definitely didn't, but like they're just invested in getting strongman to the expo, and uh, right. I'm thankful for it. And I, I think, I think, um, just, I mean, even just from that gesture of the Olympia doing that for like investing in the show, like America's Strongest, like. I think it's important to keep going back to that show. Um, like that gesture means a lot. And I think um, sure. a lot of guys will get to a point where they're like, that show's beneath me. Or like, um, like I did the other one I did was like North America's strongest man. Right. And like JF had a hell of a time getting some of the top Americans to be there. Um, but like he flew a guy like me out. I'm like, dude, that gesture is a big deal. Like he still yeah. gave out 20 grand Canadian in prize money. It's a little bit less nice. American. But like, that sure. gesture matters like like yeah it's huge let's go back let's do it again 100%. and I, I think guys think they outgrow that i'm like you didn't like you're if it's not rogue arnold shaw or world's calling you you, you know it's just I maybe i have time for it i i don't understand why anybody <laughs> would outgrow the potential for winning money yeah. i mean unless it's like 500 dollars, yeah. maybe Great but i mean chance. if it's you win a few i mean even if it just pays for your travel and the time that you're there like to me is worth it but yeah you get you get to do yeah. a sport for a kind of you know some income sure that's sick yeah. who gets to do that that's sick not like, very many people and that's the main thing is like there's small things that people can do because that's the funny thing is when like people complain about like the lack of prize money or lack of certain things and it's like how many athletes are making appreciation posts for their gift bag that was full of stuff that they never acknowledge or like these things from sponsors of like mm -hmm these little things you can do of like, you don't want your sponsors mm -hmm. only sponsoring you out of charity, which is another thing they're a broken record on of this thing. And sometimes yeah. it's this yeah, weird yeah. idea like, that like how? everyone should be doing this out of the kindness of their hearts and no financial gain. Mm -hmm. And if how? you're making money doing this, how you're much? doing it wrong somehow. Yeah. What are we talking about? Like uh, how much, how much money and equipment 
is Cerberus putting out just to like almost every show in the country that's doing something is like Cerberus sponsored and they got they sent us crash pads or money and all this stuff. Right. And it's just well, like, I think they're getting like a pretty they're getting a pretty solid ROI because people buy the crap out of Cerberus equipment. They've got they've got it figured out. Um sure. but you know, I think what John's talking about is yeah, all these all these other smaller brands that are putting money forth nobody nobody goes and buys anything from them um and and athletes need to understand that if you want to get sponsors right and have them keep coming back they need to sell something for the money that they have you know sponsored a show with like they have to Mm -hmm. otherwise otherwise they're not going to come back there's got to be there's got to be some roi in there whether it's you know direct sales you know, from the show, the athletes and spectators, or there's got to be a tremendous amount of exposure that uh, opens the door to a lot of potential clients, mm. right, or customers. So, yeah, Starman's still got a long ways to go, I think, um, in that regard. But yeah. it's hard because it's like a slow incremental thing because in many yeah. ways we are still in the infancy of the sport. I know a bunch of people for Just some weird. reason were complaining on like, it about it. We we've been here forever. It's like but it's like, it's like Charmin has some kind of like weird. It's a rest like rare rare disorder, like growth disorder. <laughs> it's been around yeah. for forty five years, but we're still in in the infancy. <laughs> but it takes time, though. Yeah, right? people, so people cut things down. Well, they went to TV, they went to TV first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world's strongest man is still doing well. Yeah, they went to that. TV first. True. Yeah. Yeah, which is huge. But like uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a deal or an environment that like fostered a like it didn't naturally create a profitable, realistically funded feeder system. It was just like, well, we have this big thing. Let's do a sport underneath it, and like, there's this little sense of like, if it's not done at the level of worlds or the level of income of worlds, like, or out of the goodness of your heart, like you were saying, like it's just not, it's not good or not, you know, it's it was just it's a strange path that the sport took to get here. And it, yeah, it's still sure. taking off of like Luke Davis had a great post where yeah. a ton of people in Cerberus shared the natural log record, 170 kilos or whatever. People, they're like, why do you have a drug test a thing? Like, what's the point? And I'm like, every sport that's doing well, you can argue about the people at the top with CrossFit, what kind of PEDs they might be doing, but they still actively yeah. kick people out for drugs. They routinely... I, I think it's kind of their nice way of just getting rid of people they don't who aren't nice to be around at comps just mysteriously get yeah, yeah, for EDs. No. They're like it's a Cops good thing. The CrossFit games are hundred yeah. percent natty. It's true. Yeah. You you train for eight hours 100%. a day, five days a week, and you're just like you're yeah. there. But I think even just the sign yeah. of it, and I think having this like broader audience because we have tons of testing meets here in Texas that like draw a decent audience, but people for some reason mm-hmm. will like get mad at anything being slightly different there were things you could possibly complain about with like mm-hmm. the america's strongest man and stuff but like james Steffenbaugh, like he's trying his best like tyler purdue he's yeah. trying his best as well like these people are trying to do things and sometimes it's this weird idea that like you'll people will give all the forgiveness in the world for Cerberus over something, but then a small brand will like mess up once and people are like, I'm never doing that again and Mm -hmm. stuff. And that's like, you kind of have to like try to build things up. Like it's really hard to take off of even Cerberus has taken a long time to get where they did. And a part of it was like years ago, buying stuff from them. Like you get a handwritten letter from Ken, like 
saying thank you like these small like gestures go a long way of like skull smash ammonia like steve would write nice little things like i used to order enough ammonia that he knew me by name and it was nice to like have these like he's like i threw in an extra one for you like hopefully you like this one and one time i got like I think it was like mango whiskey flavored like what? scented ammonia. Yeah, he made a custom one just for me. That like How much ammonia are you using? I I just used it. For How much ammonia are you using? <laughs> yeah. just, I, I, yeah, I'd accidentally leave it open and it would go bad. Every set. This is just walking yeah. around at work, just sniffing it all day. That's true. I trying don't... to trying to get into work. <laughs> hey guys, um, oh, right. We're we're at about an hour and thirty six minutes. Um, I hate to cut it short. Um, I. I do unfortunately need to eat and I'm like and go to bed because I get up super early. Yeah, I got um, but I train uh, still. You got to str- That's what I do. I get up early and I train. So and you still got to train. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, man, great having you on, Lucas. Any final words for our viewers? Um, I mean, anything that uh, you know, your little ladder speech. Um, yeah, no, man. I just, I just, I've just been really, really overwhelmed uh, by the support um, from the community. Like I. I left my job two years ago to do this and run the gym and coach. And it's just, uh, these last few weeks, it's kind of felt like starting to get a little traction after a couple of years of spinning the wheels. And it's been really yeah. cool. Um, nice. just, I got the coolest job in the world and, uh, finally got to make a little bit of money from competing and like, that's awesome. I, I couldn't be more thankful for it. So thanks for you guys having me on. Like, you know, somebody interested in like, you know, a couple of my thoughts and ramblings like that. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, we'll do we'll do our best to share and like your post in your profile and <laughs> hopefully hopefully help you get your name out. Uh I'll send a couple of contacts to you for like I said, sure. SCL if you really appreciate it. To him and uh man, wish you the very, very best, man. We'll be following yeah. close. Cool. Definitely. Appreciate you guys. Thank Thanks, you. man. Cool. You guys have a good one. Too. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and follow us on Instagram for updates. We'll catch you next time on World's Strongest Opinions.